0: Well, we're starting a new series this morning called Hope is Born, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at the theme of hope found in the Christmas story. Don't you love how this is just happening now, and they're, they're going out? That is, it is great. And there are so many children. You know, I was looking in this morning as the Christmas musical was, was happening, and I was talking with Kendall, and I said, Kendall, my goodness, look at all the kids in the front. What a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. It's so great. But that kind of leads us as well to the Christmas musical. I didn't say anything about it during the announcements because I know sometimes it's easy to tune out during the announcements. So I want you to hear this this morning. Saturday and Sunday, come out and see the amazing thing that God is doing, the work that's being put together, and bring somebody with you. Bring somebody with you. So Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be a great time. And I also didn't mention this morning, and I, I want you to hear this, that there is a fundraiser for the Youth Mission trip happening after the service today. And there is a lot of baked goods sitting over there waiting to be eaten with your name on it. So make sure to head over there after the service uh, for the meal as well. This morning we're going to speak about unexpected things in life. Have you ever had something unexpected happen to you before? There's a story, uh, since we're at the beginning of hunting season, right? There's a story of a a country preacher who one day he decided that he was going to skip services and uh, go up to the mountains and go hunting for bear. And uh, so he grabbed his rifle and, and he goes up. And uh, he's up in the mountain and he's looking for this bear and he's walking around when all of a sudden he trips and rolls down a hill. His rifle goes one way and he goes the other. He hits a rock at the bottom and both of his legs break. He's stuck. He looks up and at the top of the hill is a bear. The bad news is that the bear is running right at him. So now he's stuck. His legs are broken. The bear is charging at him. His rifle's over there. There's nothing he can do. And while he's laying on the ground, he, he begins to, to pray and call out to God. The first thing he says, I'm so sorry for skipping services today. Lord, please stop the bear and grant me one wish. Make the bear a Christian. So the bear's coming at him full speed. Make the bear a Christian. God, please make the bear a Christian before it gets to me. And so the bear is coming full speed, and right before the bear gets to the preacher, the bear falls on both knees and puts its paws together and says, Dear Lord, please bless this food which I am about to eat. <laughs> Unexpected things happen in our lives, and the question is, how do we respond to them? And as we look at hope going through this Christmas season, the, the first thing that we're going to look at is what does Mary do when the most unimaginable thing in life happens to her? You know, some unexpected things in our lives really don't have any great consequence. Your GPS is wrong and you get somewhere five minutes early. Right? Makes you feel great, but... Is it really a big deal? You're you're trying to put toothpaste on your toothbrush, and you squeeze too much out. Unexpected, but it doesn't really matter. But there are some things in life which are unexpected and will change your life forever. How do you respond to those things when they happen? Because life is filled with them. Over and over and over again, unexpected things happen. Things that are unplanned. Things that you haven't prepared for. Would you open your Bibles with me this morning to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We're going to look at look a little bit through Luke chapter 1 this morning. Going to jump from place to place here. Um, But we're really looking at Mary's story through all of this. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And we're going to read through verse 38. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm still getting over a little bit of this cold here. Verse 26 says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Luke chapter 1 introduces us to a new character in the Bible. Now, what I'm referring to is the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke. The beginning of this story of this, this lady by the name of Mary. We know so much about Mary. But this is the beginning of her story in the Gospels. Many theologians or those involved in biblical studies believe that Mary would have probably been somewhere between the age of 13 and 16 years old. The name Mary is um, the Greek form of the Hebrew word for Miriam, which, which actually it means exalted one. It, it gives a good description when thinking about the woman who would bring Jesus. Now let's understand something. I think it's important as we, we kind of deal with some of this that um, at the age of, of 13 to 16, we, we think in our culture today, to hear of someone being married at the age of 13 doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? Um, but at that time, it was, it was very common. See, Mary was betrothed. She was engaged to a uh, man by the name of Joseph Joseph. There's a commentary called Enduring Word, and there are three things he talks about, and I'd like to read them to you, walking through this engagement marriage process in the Jewish culture. The first one would have been engagement. It was a formal agreement made by the fathers. After the engagement came the betrothal, which was the ceremony where mutual promises would have been made. So she was betrothed. After that came marriage. It was approximately a year later. When the bridegroom came for his bride at an unexpected time. See, when a couple was betrothed, they were already under an obligation. They had made vows, there was a commitment there, right? There was an expectation about how you were going to live your life being betrothed to someone. I think we also see that Mary is someone who is very mature for her age. In verse 28, it says... That she is the favored one. But see a little bit farther down the second line. She was greatly troubled at the saying. What saying? She was troubled when the angel said, Oh favored one, the Lord is with you. It speaks of a humility in in Mary's life and and, and hearing that she is, is someone that is highly favored. And what does she do with that? Well she praises God in a little bit but we're going to get there. But I think it's important as as we look at Mary to, and we can't always deal with the controversial issues in every single sermon and pull everything out, but I I feel like we need to deal with this one this morning. Mary was a a wonderful and amazing person. She sets an amazing example for us as believers in, in many ways, but Mary needed Jesus to save her just as much as you and I did. She sets an amazing example for us of how we should respond in the unexpected situations in life. A young teenage girl who one day finds out that she's just pregnant. She's going to be pregnant. The ramifications of this go on even farther. And again, we're going to look at that in a little bit. But but all of a sudden, and what does she do with this? Well, she goes and she visits her relative Elizabeth. William MacDonald writes, We're not told why Mary went to Elizabeth at this time. It might have been to avoid the scandal which would inevitably rise in Nazareth when her condition became known. All of a sudden there's a girl who is betrothed through somebody else and you start to notice a little bit of a baby bump. What's going on there? People don't gossip, right? We don't don't do that. No, we we do. And and we know how small towns and communities and families, how word spreads. So what did Mary do when the unexpected came in her life? The first thing I I see when I, I look at this is that Mary had listened to God. We, we see a little bit farther down when she goes to visit Elizabeth the, um, what, is, what is called Mary's song. How she responds to this unexpected thing happening in her life. And here, here's what Mary says. And this is Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant... He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her for about three months and then returned to home. This is what's known as the the Magnificat, right? It's known as Mary's song. And throughout this passage, here's what we see. That Mary knew the scriptures. Mary knew the Scriptures. So somewhere between the age of of 13 to 16, give or take, but she knew the Word. She knew what was available to her, right? She didn't know the book of Ephesians, but she knew what was available to her. And we see that because this this Mary's song has at least 12 references or 12 ties to passages in the Old Testament. Some people will, will actually take it back and and kind of view the counterpart of Mary's song to be 1 Samuel chapter 2 when when Hannah prays. But but look at the maturity of of Mary here. She says that all generations will call me blessed. She she realizes that this is a a tremendous thing that's happening. She doesn't say that I will be the one blessing other people and said they will call me blessed. Because I was able to bring our Savior. In verses 54 and 55. (coughs) Excuse me. She thanks God for his faithfulness to Israel and Abraham. And that God kept his promises. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Do you know the word? this morning because Mary did and when something unexpected came in her life we see her response and how it is just intertwined with the truths of scripture 2nd Timothy 2:15 says this do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightfully handling the word of truth. As believers, we are to be engaging in the word of God, reading and studying, right? Psalms, I guess I don't have it up there. Psalms 119, 105 says this, that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When the unexpected comes in life, this is our light. And if you're not reading it, and studying it, what will your response be? Romans 15:4, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. See, one of the ways to have hope and encouragement is when the unexpected comes in life and you've studied the scriptures and you know where to go, you know how to respond. And you've heard me say this time and time and time again, that we are the most blessed generation when it comes to opportunities we have in studying Scripture. I think there are still Bibles out in the foyer if you don't have one. You can take one from your pew. You can go online and you can download a free app on your your phone to listen to the Scripture. There's actually one I I downloaded this week. Sarah's kind of smiling about it. I I heard about it online and I thought I'm going to check it out. It's called Dwell. You ever hear of Dwell before? Um, and you actually, you download this app and, and uh, you can pick four different voices and actually different music as a background too and just let it play. And you can pick your passage of scripture. They break it up into different parts. Like if you want to hear the story of Daniel in the lion's den through the actual scripture, right? And, and not like an abridged or paraphrased version, you can click. And, and the person I like to listen to is a guy that has an African voice. And you have this great ambient background behind him as he reads, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. There's something about that. There just is something about that. And and it's such a great tool, but that's not the only one. There are so many ways that we can engage in the Scripture. In January, as a church, we're going to start something called the New Testament Challenge. And we're going to ask for commitments. And together we're going to read through the New Testament and see what God does. We have to be in the habit of studying the word of God. So Mary listened to God. The second thing I see in Mary's response is that she praises God despite her unknown future. Now God knows the future, but Mary didn't. See, Mary's life was about to drastically change. And and we don't know much about Mary prior to this, but maybe she had plans of, okay, I'm going to get married, and I hope to have this many kids, and and we're going to live here, and we're going to do this, and and I hope that one day we can do this, and and we're going to go on vacation over to that oasis. I'm just kidding. It's no. But now she's pregnant. Many people will think of her as an adulteress. I mean, come on. Virgin birth? like That's the best story you could come up with, Mary? <laughs> she could be given the death penalty. Her fiance was going to have some very serious questions about this. And we see that in Matthew chapter 1. She was going to become the earthly mother to Jesus. What does that even mean? See, Mary Mary was given a high honor, but but her life was going to be so much far from normal. It it wasn't even going to resemble a normal life. Can you imagine Jesus growing up? I mean, we see with his engagement at the temple and other things like that, that it it just helps us understand that her life was a little different. But yet we see through her song that she praises God despite the unknown. I didn't know Michaela and, and Natalie were going to be here this morning. Um, but you know, I had the, the chance to go and visit them a couple times in the hospital. And uh, I remember walking in and talking with, with Mike and Michaela and, uh, and Natalie is Hooked up to the different machines, but their faith in praising God through all of that. And I remember them, them telling me this that, you know, we, we have a peace and we trust God and He's in control. Now, that's not easy to do when your child's hooked up to machines in front of you. That's not easy to do. When you don't know what the future is and you know that your life will be changed but Mary does it anyway. Charles Spurgeon he wrote this, Mary rejoiced and glorified God though her child was not though the child was not yet born. Brothers, there are some of you who cannot even sing over a mercy when it is born. But here is a woman who sings over an unborn mercy. See, Mary rejoices in God's goodness, not even knowing what lies ahead. Jesus will be here, but what does that mean for me? She praises God. Despite the unknown future. So Mary is someone who who listens to God. We see that she had studied the word. We also see that she is someone who had praised God despite the unknown future. But I I think what, what stands out to me above everything else is what she says in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary responded faithfully to what God called her to do. Believers can confidently respond to what God calls you to do in life because you know that the one who holds all things will give you what you need to accomplish what he has for you to accomplish. I read a story Uh, in the 16th century. There was a Protestant reformer by the name of Hugh Latimer. And he was known as being a great preacher and had many opportunities to speak. Uh, And once he found that he had the opportunity to preach before King Henry VIII. And as he thought about the the responsibility of of bringing the message before the king, uh, he realized that the message that God had given him uh, wasn't a message that the king was necessarily going to want to listen to but yet he felt that that was what he needed to share and so he found himself in a place of a little bit of uncertainty I know what I could share and, and that would man that would really that would be good and I, but I know what God wants me to share and and that's what I should do and so he begins his sermon and as he begins his sermon, he's thinking in his head, he's thinking, Latimer, Latimer, do you remember that you are speaking before King Henry VIII? Do you know what he can do to you? You can have your head cut off if he wants to. But he also remembered in his heart the message that God had given him. And so what he decided to do was to give the message that God had told him to give. He said this, Do you not remember that you are speaking before the King of kings and the Lord of lords before him at whose throne Henry VIII will one day stand? Be faithful to your master. Vladimir was eventually martyred by Henry's daughter, Queen Mary. But he gave the message that God had given him. To carry. See, in each one of our lives, I believe that God has given us a, a direction, a, a purpose. He, he, has, he has given you an opportunity, and are you being faithful with that opportunity? Are you being faithful with what he has called you to do? Not everyone's called to be a missionary, but some are. Are you faithful in following that call? Not everyone is called to be a businessman, but some are. Are you faithful in following that call? And we can continue on and on and on, but the question is, how do we respond when God tells us, this is what I want you to do? Mary responded by saying this, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. what do you do when the unexpected in life comes? How do you respond? Because I'll tell you this this morning. If you're not studying the word, it makes it a lot harder to trust that God truly is in control of the future. And it makes it a lot harder to say yes when he calls you To step way outside your comfort zone. I think sometimes it's it's easy to look at Mary and and, and say, "The, the earthly mother of Jesus, what a magnificent honor, what an amazing situation, and it was. But let's not forget about how difficult this also must have been for her. Her plans, her future, her dreams would have all been changed with one meeting with an angel. But she finishes by saying, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Are you willing to obey, even when you know it won't be easy? Would you pray with me? Lord, today we are thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Father, we're thankful for the example that Mary has set. Father, we're thankful that she was willing, Father, to, to be that example. She had no idea that one day this would be written down and uh, we'd be studying and talking about her, a, a girl. But Father, one who was mature in her faith, and one who obeyed you. Father, we know that Mary needed saving just like the rest of us, but we thank you for the example that she set. Father, in life, we we know the unexpected situations. They come, and and at times they're overwhelming. At times they are discouraging. Father, help us to always turn to you first. Father, help us to be hungry for your word. Father, to trust you when, when the situations of life when we can't see beyond our our own circumstances, Lord, help us to trust you and and believe that you have the future in your hands. And then, Father, help us to respond in obedience. Father, trusting again that you hold the future. In Jesus' name.